This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 101. I am Peter Mitchell here with the one and only Jackson Stover. And today we got a bit we got a good one for you guys. A lot to pack in in an hour here. So we're gonna start with Dak, hit that real quick, talk about some of the offseason moves that have happened already. A lot of cap casualties out there with the Salary cap decreasing by 16 mil. Oh, get ready, brother. It's going to be bloody. Yep. And then we're going to switch gears about halfway. Talk about NBA trade deadline, buyers and sellers. Get you guys geared up for the second half of the season and end it with a few random things. I got to mention Les Miles, so get ready for that, uh-oh, Jackson. Uh-oh. Old Lester. All right. Before we get started, we got to make sure to hype up and shout out this March Madness pool that Peter and I are going to be hosting. The way it's going to work, essentially, we've mentioned it before, we're just doing this to try and get as many of our friends, colleagues, random people on Twitter, anybody that wants in. We want to essentially have a big-ass pool, a lot of prize money, all of it either going to first or maybe first, second, and third, depending on how many people get in, but we're not taking any cut of it. All of it's going straight to the winners, we're legit. You can ask Joe Cuellar. He's got his Cowboys jersey. We've done enough of these giveaways that we think we've got the trust of y'all. And I know I've got a lot of buddies, probably 20 to 30, that are already talking about it in one end. So hopefully we can get over 100 people in this pool. Hell yeah. It's going to be a big payout for the winner. Oh yeah. And next week we're coming all March Madness. We're going to be getting y'all ready for the tournament. The bracket will be out. So we're going to be previewing first round matchups, talking about sleepers, teams that are contenders, who is the easiest run at it, all that good stuff. And hopefully we will be joined by our guy Jerb and we're just going to break it all down. Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Dak Prescott, the man got paid. Jackson, what are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts are I was wrong. And the cap wrong dropping how? down. Well, I thought with the cap dropping down to 182, it was going to be really hard for Dallas to sign him to a fat deal. But I didn't take into account how massive this TV deal incoming is. I thought it would be significant. I thought there would be a cap kind of correction increase over the next couple off seasons, but it sounds like it's going to go up exponentially over the next two or three years. And it's probably going to be around 250 million within two years. So we're at 182 right now, but we're going to make a big jump over the next couple off seasons. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. 250 potentially. Yes. That's what I've heard as well. So this DAC deal might kind of signal some others are coming, but at the same time, A lot of guys are going to get cut. A lot of restructuring is going to happen. And there's going to be a lot of funky clauses in these contracts. Shout out to Dak, though. I mean, he's earned it. He got his bag. He took a big gamble and got hurt. And it didn't look like it was going to work out in his favor. And it did. I mean, he held strong in his position. He didn't take the Cowboys initial offer last season. Bet on himself. And even though he got hurt, it worked out. So props to him. Yeah, I don't know how much the the years or dollar amount really changed from last year's offer, but I know he's making a hell of a lot of money in year one here. It's about seven to 10 million per year more. Right. That said, they actually are saving money towards the salary cap this season, uh, 15 million to be exact by the way they, this deal is structured. Yeah, so, the structuring of it is kind of confusing to me and the fact that he's getting 70 million in the first year through signing bonuses and everything space. else. Yeah, it, it, it 
really a little bit over my head. I feel like I get a pretty good grip on cap space, breakdowns, everything like that. NBA a little bit better than NFL, but this one, man, kind of had me a little stumped. I'm still figuring out exactly what all of the cap implications are, but it sounds like it's a good deal for Dak and Dallas. So I guess win-win for your boys and Dak. Yeah, I'm I'm glad, first and foremost, that the storyline is over. Yeah. Stephen A, Kellerman, Skip, all these people need to figure out something else to talk about. That's a oh, win. Now it's Russell Wilson and Deshaun again. Now they ah, get to pump that back into the headlines. There we go. Yeah. So that's done. I'm glad Dak got paid after all he's been through. Family catastrophes, the injury last season. Yeah, mental I, health battles, the scrutiny right. that he received for being vocal about stuff that is completely normal for a human being to deal with, especially in a pandemic. So he deserves it because he kind of got the short end of the stick there. And I think he was doing something good. And people like Skip Bayless were dumping on him saying he was a bad leader for it. So the the guy, you know, he seems like a good guy. I don't think he's as good of a football player as people think, but (laughs) you know, I good for him, man. He, He got a big bag. He absolutely crushed the presser today. He's about as good as it gets as when it comes to a leader off the field type of guy. And now it's officially time for the Cowboys to go all in. He said, we're going for a Super Bowl this season. And it's time for that. It's time for them to prove that this deal was worth it. He's, he was going to get paid anyway. That's what happens with these quarterbacks. But an, another note for everyone, they did also save 17 million in cap space this year by restructuring Tyron Smith's deal, Lel Collins's deal and Zach Martin's deal. So they they made some moves. I'm curious to see what they do in free agency here. We're going to touch on some of the guys that are available now here in a second. It's time to go all in, get it done. They got the 10th pick in the draft. Fact check me on that. I might be yep, wrong. 10th pick. Uh, best player available. Just get it done. Let's go. Let's go compete and win the NFC East now that Carson Wentz is out and the Eagles are still paying $33 million towards their cap for him. Yeah, I got to think they go offensive line or somewhere on the defense. But like you were saying, this is not just time for Dak to prove that he's worth it and the Cowboys to prove that this big contract was the right thing to do. They got to prove that all of these massive contracts that they've given out over the last couple seasons to their big players with Amari, Zeke, so many Lawrence, Jalen Smith. Yeah, it's time to prove that it was worth it because if this season is disappointing and they're eight and eight again, Jerry's going to look like an idiot. He's not going to look like an idiot for paying Dak Prescott. No, not Dak. I'm talking everyone. These big contracts that he's had no problem giving out the four-year deals with 15, 20, 25, 30 million a year. Right. I'm counting down the days for Zeke's contract to expire. Um, (laughs) I hope they restructure that one. Yeah. In the draft, I know I said best player available. A couple guys I'd like for them to go after. Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. He's a beast. He's He did really well against Chase Young. He'd see him again as they play tw- two times a year. Caleb Farley, corner out of Virginia Tech, got good size, speed, combination of everything. And then Kyle Pitts, if he's on the board at 10, let, send it. Dude's going to be a monster. Jeez, the weapons would be pretty ridiculous between Amari, CD, Gallup, and Pitts. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. A whole lot more draft stuff coming in the near future. But some other notable moves that I was looking at today and yesterday 
First one, Tampa Bay. I was really interested to see what they did with their franchise tag, and they ended up giving it to Godwin, and they didn't tag Shaq Barrett. He's going to become a free agent. So I thought it was interesting that they prioritized offense over defense here, maybe because you got Tom Brady and you want to play to your strengths. I don't know. What was your take on what Tampa Bay did? Well, they also did bring back Levante David on a two-year, $25 million deal. Which was big. Big for them. Keep his athleticism around. Godwin was huge for Tom Brady. It, it makes a lot of sense to me to keep him around because he's so valuable for Tom. And then I think with Barrett, they're looking to re-sign him. And I would hope. I, I think that's the move. They just have to restructure some stuff and free up a little bit of money before they're able to work something out. Exactly. And I've seen interviews with him last season how serious and bought in he was now that Tom is there. He wants he to be leave. There. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. I'd stay patient on that one. I think he'll end up being back unless someone comes through and gives him a monster deal. Okay. Um, of all the other moves, let, let's, let's talk about some of the guys who didn't get tagged and are entering free agency. Which one of those has stood out to you most and which guy do you think can be a difference maker? Uh, I got to answer that in kind of two different portions here. So the most interesting to me was Aaron Jones, because I wanted to see Mm -hmm. how Green Bay played that. We've seen the trend with running backs who get the big bag. Their teams haven't won. No Super Bowl winning team has given a fat contract to a running back in nearly a decade is what it seems like. So Aaron Jones going to be a free agent, interested to see if Green Bay pays him or if they just let him walk. I don't think they're going to pay him, but I got to think after Jordan Love last year and how much they pissed Rodgers off, they've got to kind of right that wrong. And if that (laughs) means overpaying Aaron Jones, then shit, do it while you still have Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of how I see it. But the most most valuable guys that I think didn't get tagged, and it's not going to be Jones, I think it's going to be Juju and Galladay. I think those guys that didn't get tagged could be huge if they were to go to another offense. Like, let's say they end up in Indianapolis. One of those guys there would be really big for Carson Wentz because he needs some weapons. We saw what happened in Philly when he didn't have any weapons around him. Put one of those guys in Indy, I think they could really be balling out. Yeah, I I was going to say Kenny Galladay and Hassan Reddick. That one kind of surprised me in Arizona. Galladay, though... I totally agree. Indianapolis would be a great fit. I'd also like to see Will Fuller potentially end up in Indy. Stretch the field for Carson. That'd be huge for them. They're 100% going to pick up a guy. You could even throw John Brown in the mix who got released from the Bills today. Any one of those guys could be a big difference maker for them. And then with Hassan Reddick, I was just surprised Arizona... Uh, is letting him enter free agency. He had 12 and a half sacks last season. Every time I watched him, he seemed to be making plays. So maybe they're going to put more faith in Isaiah Simmons. I don't know, man. Arizona is a team to watch. Obviously, they got J.J. Watt last week, but Mm -hmm. I don't really know... I trust their management. They've done a pretty damn good job, but I don't really know what direction this team's going, and I don't trust Cliff a ton. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they do and whether they prioritize offense and build in the group around Kyler or if they're going to look to beef up the defense because the defense, I think, was 
a little bit of a surprising success. I think they were pegged to be one of the worst defenses in the league and they over-delivered. So curious to see if they're going to try and keep that unit around or go the free agent route. And as of right now, it looks like they're going to kind of retool and go the free agent route. I think they're still a year away from being a year away. This this year. Man, really? This year is going to be big. They could, you know, make a nice run into the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be contending for a Super Bowl. That's what I mean. I think it's all going to come down to Cliff and Kyler. Yeah, How much can Cliff get out of Kyler, and how good can he be with the game plan? Because they had a lot of close games where down the stretch, I think if they had a better game plan or made better coaching decisions, they could have been 10-6, and 11-5, and and been a lot scarier of a team. Also, Kyler got banged up in the second half. He wasn't himself, so that's something to watch. Are there any other moves that stood out to you, made you scratch your head, got you excited? I have one little nugget. Okay, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think Trent Brown to New England was pretty interesting. Patriots didn't have to give up hardly anything. I believe they swapped fourth and seventh round picks or something like that. And 2022 or 2023, pretty irrelevant draft pick swappage. And the Patriots were able to restructure with Brown. And he's a giant that is an elite offensive lineman. So that was a huge weakness last year. And I know they're letting Dooney go, Tooney, however the hell you say it, (laughs) who's been one of their best offensive linemen for a long time. But bringing in Trent Brown is a nice move for the Pats, and it didn't take up a ton of cap space. And he has history with New England. He was there before signing his big deal with Las Vegas. So, ah, okay, okay. He's, yeah, he's going to fit in well there. They obviously have questions at quarterback. Um, the Isaiah Wilson trade also happened. If you didn't hear about that, he was picked 29th by the Titans last year, ended up playing four snaps all season. He was like trying to get COVID. I mean, he, there were stories I remember. He was like, I have the, the stories right he got here. A DUI. Yeah, please hit me with him because it was pretty ridiculous. So, first off, he shows up out of shape to camp. Then he gets a trespass warning at an off-campus party at Tennessee State University during training camp. That's sick. Arrested and charged with a Dewey in September. Two stints on the reserve COVID list. This is all before being suspended and placed on the reserve non-football injury list in December. So horrible. (laughs) He's a bust for Tennessee. But Miami comes in, trades a 2020... A 2021 seventh rounder this year's draft for Isaiah Wilson and a 2022 seventh rounder. So, I mean, that's that's they got a, him for free pretty much. I, I don't exactly. see why not if you're Miami. You know, and, worst case scenario, you cut him. Best case scenario, he turns out to be a really productive player and a change of scenery fixes things. And like I said, Trent Brown had history with New England. Isaiah Wilson went to the same high school as Brian Flores, so maybe he thinks he can restore him there. But I got one last thing. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's move on to NBA. Christian McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson restructured their deals. Wait, McCaffrey restructured? Yes. I did not hear this. McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson both restructured today to create cap space. The, The Panthers are going all in for a quarterback. I'm just putting that out there. I think they are as well. And I feel for Teddy. I I think somebody will scoop him up. I mean, maybe like New England. I don't know. But someone could use Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater is the same thing that Alex Smith was to Kansas City. 
and he just needs to be aware of that. Oh, I think everyone's aware of that, but <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's going to be better than Cam Newton, and he's going to be better than Stidham. That's true, but I'm looking for them to go get Deshaun, bring him back to the Carolinas. I would be a-okay with that. I'll that be, be standing fun. the Panthers next season if that That happens. would be fun. Yeah. All right, little NBA action. Let's go ahead and switch it over. So we're coming off the all-star break. Game starting back up tonight. The trade deadline's coming quick, and it's been really quiet, almost too quiet. It looked like Kyle Lowry was a shoe-in to be traded. He sold his house in Toronto. There were rumors going around that he was telling people close to him, he's out, he's getting traded. Then he claps back on Instagram saying the rumors are essentially BS, and now the reports are flying that he will not be traded. Kyle Lowry is staying in Toronto. So we can take Kyle Lowry off the potential trade watch. And I think let's look at some buyers and sellers here of who could be looking to acquire some players or who might be looking to acquire some future assets and offload players. Okay. I'm going to kick you this first one. All right. I'm going to start with a seller. I think the sellers here are a little bit stronger than the buyers. I'm starting with the Houston Rockets. Okay. I have them on my list. So let's, okay. let's do it. I've personally been waiting since the off season for a Houston fire sale. I've been thinking that it's just inevitable. They're going to dump off the rest of these guys who can actually be of value to a winning team. Guys like PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, even Daniel House. I mean, Macklemore. literally anyone on the team, Macklemore as well, anyone other than Christian Wood and probably Jay Sean Tate, I think is fair game right now. So I don't know really who Houston is going to trade with, and not to mention Oladipo's there, who seems like he is for sure going to be traded after declining the two-year extension. I have no idea which domino will be first. I don't know if it's going to be Oladipo, P.J. Tucker. I have no idea where they could even end up, but it is common. Yeah, I read a report in The Athletic that they're going to have a full-on fire sale, and I think this is the right move for them. I've, I've said this before. What are they doing? They well, right need... now they're hoping for dear life. They finish as bad as they can and keep their top four pick. That yeah. That being said, Christian Wood is re- resuming basketball activities and he's going to be back the second yep. half of the year, so baby. Got to get worse. Let's go. Needed that as an OKC fan. Um, but yes, I agree with you. They got to trade Oladipo because he is not coming back. You can't let him walk for nothing. And the report came out yesterday from Kevin O'Connor, I believe, that Golden State Mm -hmm. is interested in acquiring him. Do you have any package in mind that they could possibly? The only possible package would be Wiggins or Ubre and someone else. But I value Ubre as a better asset than Oladipo. They're both expiring. I don't really think you get any better if you trade Ubre for Oladipo. So hmm. I think it's got to be Wiggins. I think he would be the guy that they trade. I don't, That seems almost like a one for one. And some people might not agree with I that. I think it'd be but... a pretty fair trade. I think Oladipo has more value as a player and a way higher ceiling if he gets back to the level he was at. But with Wiggins, you've got him for multiple more years around 30 million, which isn't that desirable. So maybe Golden State has to throw a first in there. I don't know. 
I don't really understand what Houston thinks they're going to be getting back because I just don't see a very competitive trade market for Oladipo right now. I know the Knicks have thrown kind of their name in the hat. I expected that one, but the Knicks aren't going to offer very much. At the very best, you're going to get like a 2024 first round pick and some salary dump. Let's talk about the Knicks because they were the first team I wanted to hit. Yeah. So today a report comes out that they're buyers. Mm-hmm. They're interested in Lonzo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Victor Oladipo. This was reported by the Daily Post. Yeah. And I'm not so sure how I feel about this. I so, hate it. Yeah. Okay. So they bring in Tibbs to win and compete to change the culture. He's done that thus far. They're competing night in, night out. But to me, I think it would be a mistake to be buyers right now. This this yeah. plan setup has all of these teams thinking that they have a shot, that they can make the playoffs. But I say, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you, you can't might beat the not. Nets, so even if you get the eight seed, you're just going to get swept and you're going to go home. Exactly. And there's no fans this year, so you don't need to be worrying about making well, the playoffs. Eh, there, there probably will be fans of the playoff not, games. But yes, still. limited capacity. Right, but my right. point is, do not... If you have championship aspirations, that's a huge caveat because I don't know if Charlotte does. They signed Gordon Hayward to com- to be competitive. But if you're the Knicks and you have championship aspirations, I'm not sure I'm going to press fast forward, give up assets. No, when you there's stay a chance, the course. You, you stay the course, you hit in the lottery and end up with a top five pick and add one more guy with R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle that can change the future for the next 10, 12 years. That's the thing. So if you are going to give up any assets to try and win now, the way I look at it is what's your best case scenario? You maybe finish as a six or seven seed and somehow by a miracle you get out of the first round and then get your ass kicked in the second round. (laughs) Like, is that a win if you're the Knicks? I guess. But if I'm anywhere involved with this organization i am screaming and yelling stay the freaking course you already traded for derrick rose which has taken away touches from rj barrett it's taken away touches from emmanuel quickly sure has rose marginally helped them win some games yes but you know what derrick rose isn't gonna do when you have playoff series you know what rj barrett and emmanuel quickly are probably gonna be able to do over the next couple years when you a lot of playoff series so (laughs) why the hell would you stunt their development when what you've gotten out of them so far has been great and you already brought in Derrick Rose, which just takes a little bit more away from them. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) I'm glad we're on the same page there. It's ridiculous, Uh, unless they're just blowing smoke. Maybe that's it. Maybe they've just sniffed around, seeing if maybe we could get an Oladipo for an incredibly low price. You know, maybe you offer some garbage for him in some seconds and you can re-sign him to a decent deal and maybe get something out of him. That, that's the only way I could see it making any sense. Yeah, well, let's look at what they could trade, What, like what Houston would actually want. You're not going to give up Randall. You're not going to give up Barrett. You're not going to give up Mitchell Robinson. Obi Toppin might quickly. be expendable, but him and Christian Wood seem a little bit redundant to me. Well, and also, why would you give up Obi Toppin for Oladipo? Oladipo's best days are probably behind him, and you're going to have to pay him a lot if you want to keep him around when you got Obi Toppin on a rookie deal and he's only going to get better. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, they could package Rose, 
which I don't think they would do, but nah, Burks, Alfred Payton, Nerlens, and what it would be. Bullock or Kevin Knox. There's nobody on that team that Houston could actually want to build around going forward. No, nobody on that team the Knicks would be willing to trade. I should say the the one thing the two assets they do have this year are Dallas's first round pick and their own. So maybe you could swindle them with Dallas with Dallas's pick, and you get a verbal agreement from Oladipo to resign in free agency. That now might that, be worth it. That would be worth it because I think Dallas's pick, as of right now, it looks like you might be in the lottery, but you are sure as hell not going to be in the lottery. Although I don't think Houston's that dumb. You know, I think they would see through that and be like, "Okay, cool, you're offering us Dallas's pick, which is like 14 right now, but in three weeks it's probably going to be like 21 or 22." And I got to say, I think this draft class is kind of a flip-flop of last year's draft, where last year, you, I mean, being anywhere from 7 to 20, or 25, 30 for that matter, you got Quickly, you got Theo Maladon. Uh, The narrative about the draft last year was wrong. It it was was very wrong. People were completely wrong. And I think this year, like you were saying, this is going to be the top-heavy one. Incredibly top-heavy. There, mm-hmm. there are not many guys I like after five. I was going to say after five, it's a freaking crapshoot. The guy taken at six could end up being a bust, and the guy taken at 28 could be better than him. There's no telling. Exactly. Like I like the Baylor guards. I think they're going to be sure things. I like Kispert, Booknight, these guys. And at this point, I'm whenever I'm looking at my board, I'm like, I might just have to move some of these sure things up because there are so many guys You have to. There's not that many freshmen that just wow you with potential and talent. I'd rather take a guy that's in his third or fourth year like Jared Butler that I know can come in and play a good role off the bench, worst case scenario, give me 10, 15 minutes, help run the second unit, knock down open threes. Yeah, I completely agree. So if if I'm the Knicks, using that Dallas pick for Oladipo might be something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't have anything else on them. I know you're someone who has a you're you're unsure about Brandon Ingram's fit next to Zion. So yeah. unload. Let me well, know I what think, you think. Should they be sellers? I think the Pelicans could be sellers. I think they could be buyers. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. I hope that they realize their window is still a ways away from being open, and so they're sellers. Personally, I think they got to get rid of JJ. I think they got to get rid of Bledsoe. Open up minutes for your younger guys. Let those two go somewhere else where they can they can be happier. They can play meaningful minutes. What they're doing right now in New Orleans is just pointless. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help the team. It's a lose-lose for everyone. Then you look a little bit deeper at it, and there has been a little bit of a buzz lately about the Ingram and Zion fit. And Zion is the best player on that team. Zion is already one of the best players in the league. Now he's not like top five, top 10, but he's getting up there pretty freaking fast. Every single game he gets better. And he's the type of player where you put the ball in his hands and you're going to get a quality look every single time. With Brandon Ingram, you're going to put the ball in his hands and you might get a terrible look a third of the time. He might make some of them though, but he's kind of a ball stopper and he doesn't really put much effort in on the defensive end. And they've had all of these defensive struggles and Josh Hart and Lonzo have been pretty freaking stellar for them on the perimeter. Steven Adams inside, you know what the kind of defense he's going to bring. Well, where is the defensive issue? Where are all of these points coming from? 
Brandon Ingram's playing over 30 minutes a game, and you never really see him doing a ton on the defensive end. He's so long. He's so talented. He could be blocking way more shots. He could be getting into way more passing lanes and getting tips and steals. You just don't see it. And so it started to make me wonder if maybe New Orleans kind of sees what they could get for him. I mean, right now, you just signed him to a massive deal. He's going to be under contract for four more years. What if you call up a team like Golden State and you say, hey, give us Kelly Oubre, somebody else off the bench, three first-round picks, and we'll throw you Brandon Ingram. (laughs) Three first-round picks? Yeah. Think about it. Golden State can use one from this year. They could give them Minnesota's pick, and then they could trade them like a 2023 and a 2025 first. They could bet on themselves. You still have a really young core with Wiseman and a lot of those guys. And you add Brandon Ingram and you put him in that KD role. KD was not known as a defender at all before he got to Golden State. And what Steve Kerr got out of him turned him into a borderline all-defensive team type of guy. Brandon Ingram has that length. He has that athleticism. There is no reason that you could not get more out of him defensively, just like Kerr did with KD. You slide him into that offense, and he can score it very, very, very freaking well. Imagine if you've also got Steph Curry and Klay Thompson beside him, space on the floor, and you got Wiseman out there. You could run some pick and roll with him and Wiseman. Now, that could be spicy. Like, that could be an ideal fit for Ingram. And Golden State gets a guy back in Kelly Oubre, who's young. They can keep him around. He's going to bring a lot of energy. He's going to play gonna be good a free defense. Agent. And you get some picks. Yeah, you resign him. Give him like two years, thirty-two million, something like that. Maybe a player or team option on there. Okay, so I was trying to figure out the stipulations of the Minnesota pick that Golden State has in their possession because top I- three protected this year, unprotected after that. Exactly. I think a package of Ubre and that pick. You think that gets it done? I'm not sure that it gets it done, but I think that makes Bob Myers really think about it and David Griffin really think about it. Mm -hmm. Because if that pick were to be four or five in this draft or next year, I don't expect. I'm expect Minnesota's Minnesota's going to be that much better. You don't have to worry about them being good. That could be something serious. I, I think could be a win-win for both. New and Orleans you bring would need in Ubre. They, they would need a little bit more, but the thing is, you're going to replace Brandon Ingram with Ubre. Ubre is going to be less shots, less touches. He's going to be more efficient, more than likely. I know his numbers in Golden State this year haven't been great, but he's going to be more efficient than Ingram, and he's going to be a way better defender, and he's going to be a whole lot cheaper. And you're going to get picks. I mean, they have all these picks already. You add another really high-quality first-round pick and maybe a bunch of seconds, maybe some future firsts. New Orleans is just as young at that point. That's more shots for Zion. And you have more opportunities for the future and can go a lot of different directions. With Brandon Ingram, you're kind of locked into giving him 20, 25 shots a game. And I'm not sure you want to be held hostage by that for the next four years. Don't get me wrong. I think Ingram is a really, really good player. And I think he's, he's great. He's going to continue to ascend. But you're right. Defensively, he's not there yet. So if they were to deal him, I think they would have to have some sort of guarantee that they're going to get a guy that compliments Sion. And I don't think that just 
that first round pick and Ubre would be enough for me. Maybe you call up Oklahoma City, see if get a little three team action. Yeah, you might. I don't know. You're gonna have to call up some other people and find someone who helps. And maybe you could even send JJ to Golden State while you're at it, dude. Golden State's gonna make a move now. I I didn't put them on my buyers list, but they're gonna do something. They're way too smart. They're way too savvy to stick in the seven, eight, nine seed range and potentially kind of get cucked this year. And but, you know what? They don't want to get bounced in the first round and get embarrassed and get swept either. I think they'd rather be in the lottery. So that organization is just too smart to stay where they're at right now. That's all I'm saying. They're going to do something. They're going to be buyers or sellers or maybe get some buyout guys to add to their rotation. Even if it's not that significant, they will do something. That's really interesting. Uh, I think the fit with Ingram... Clay, Steph, Draymond, and Wiseman would be pretty damn special. Yeah, you wouldn't really need Ingram to excel defensively. I mean, no, they they would score one forty a game. And then I think Wiseman and Draymond and Clay cover you up exactly. Exactly, Steph does a good job as well. Um, It would be a dream fit for Ingram, and I think a great fit for the Warriors as well. Are there any players, this is putting you on the spot, but are there any players that come to mind that you think would be really good fits with Zion? Man. Because I just think shooters. You need defense. You definitely need defense and athleticism just because you're still playing Steven Adams too. Hart's awesome. Keep him there forever. You have to free up more minutes for Hart. That's a big part of this also. And not even talking offensively, I don't really care about that. Hart doesn't even have to shoot the ball just for his defense, man. He's been one of the real bright spots for them. And rebounding. Someone next to Zion. Oh, this is kind of out there, but I think CJ McCollum would be a lot of fun. I think if you ran some pick and roll action with CJ and Zion and kind of let CJ cook and just see what the defense gives him, because one-on-one, he's one of the best players in the league. That speeds up your timeline quite a bit. It does. Now, timeline, it doesn't really make sense. I was just thinking pure fit. Right. Uh, If we're talking timeline and fit, man, somebody like uh, Malcolm Brogdon would be fun. I don't think that's very realistic. I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, Maybe someone like this wouldn't really make a ton of sense. It would never happen. But like Tyler Hero with Zion, I think would be a lot of fun. Really, anyone that can shoot, and I think a awesome handle the ball, pick and roll, run, run some pick and roll. Uh huh. <laughs> How about this? Is the last thing on this? Yeah. Draft night trade. You trade Ingram to one of the teams in the top five, and <laughs> you get you get K. Like Kuminga, Green, Suggs, something or like that. Yeah. I would do it. I would trade Ingram for any one of the top four. Not Mobley, but Kuminga, Green, Cater Suggs. We could look really dumb in a couple of years if he's still there. Those are busts. Those and guys Ingram's are a perennial all star. Yeah, but you guys get the point. We think there's better fits out there. Um, yeah. Let's talk about one other team who we're expecting to be active: the Boston Celtics. Brian Scalabrini on March 5th said in a game broadcast that they want Harrison Barnes oh I know Bill Simmons is shouting it from the freaking rooftops (laughs) I mean it seems like Celtics fans everywhere have convinced themselves that he's already on the team damn near like the Lakers did with Kawhi a couple years ago 
To me, this does not push them over the edge. He's 28. He's having a career year. Yes, he it would probably help a little bit, but I think they need a dominant big, and that's really their biggest issue. Maybe another a fringe wing guard. that's a decent defender and decent on offense, and getting paid 20 million a year is not gonna push you to championship level. I'm with you. Harrison Barnes, sure. It might be a nice complimentary piece if you're retooling or getting some other guys also, but giving up assets for Harrison Barnes and thinking that's going to take you to championship level when you're around 500 right now. Yeah, no thanks. I know they're better than their record, but, and smart coming back will help. I just don't think Barnes is the right move, but I do have a move that I think could work for you and Wait, one, it would let them use their trade exception. I'll go ahead first. One, one thing though, what yeah. assets are they giving up? Cause I don't know what they're going to get back. Well, Sacramento, I mean, they can, they, oh, we're talking Sacramento here. What would Sacramento uh, want back for Harrison Barnes? The Celtics Sacramento have, would probably want, you'd have to give up Langford. You probably have to give up time Lord. You'd have to probably you got to make Pritchard, the money work. Ojale. Grant Williams and Aaron Neesmith available. Neesmith would probably, probably go. I think of all those young guys, Boston will want to keep Pritchard. And I think they'll want to keep Grant Williams. I think they like those two the best, but the rest, yeah, they're probably going to get thrown in the deal. And then you're going to get Ojale, maybe Tice, somebody else to make the money out of. I think Tice is staying. But go ahead. What were you going to say? So we get the news of LaMarcus Aldridge. And it turns out he's on an expiring deal, you know, $24 million a year. And it just so happens where the trade exception would work perfectly. <laughs> and San Antonio could just give him to Boston for like a second round pick or two. Both teams win. What what the hell is San Antonio actually going to get for LaMarcus Aldridge? I know. They don't have much leverage in trading him because he's he expiring. You may as well just buy him out. How about any one of those guys? Because I, I do believe that Boston has to shell out $9 million uh, to not get hard capped or something like that. They have to give out $9 million if they okay, use you the throw full them, exception. You trade Simi Ojale and... Tristan Thompson. I'd like to keep Thompson there if I'm getting LaMarcus Aldridge just for a little bit of defense in case LaMarcus Aldridge is like totally washed and can't play any defense at all. I don't know how much he has left. I know offensively he's going to give you a burst, but defensively a little bit of a liability at this point. So I would like to keep Thompson, but probably like Ojale and maybe Robert Williams. I think that could probably get it done. Jeez. I'd rather just buy him out for pride than take that back. I like Rob Williams, but... Okay, all right. Who else do you think Boston could realistically get here? I don't think DeRozan or Oladipo make a ton of sense. I actually think DeRozan would be awesome for them. He's having a career year, assists-wise, playmaking Which well. is great, and playmaking's it's awesome. what they but need. You have Kimba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum who all need a lot of touches to really be effective. Now, Brown doesn't need that many touches, but like Tatum needs to handle the ball some, and Kimba damn sure has to handle the ball, and Smart's your best playmaker and passer. Like, I just don't see where adding another guard whose high-volume touches kind of guy makes sense. I think they need a playmaker more than anything. That and a big, so... 
I think it would be a good fit. Two other guys that I think could help. So them what right do you now. give back for DeRozan? Sorry, and then we'll get to the two guys. What do you give back for DeRozan? Like, he's how do ex- you make that money work? He's expiring too, so it's the same as the Aldridge scenario. But I think you have oh, to so give up a little bit more. You just use the trade exception. Yeah, why not? He'd fit. Um, yeah, you could do that and throw a couple more young guys. Maybe make a nicer package than the hypothetical Aldridge one. Yeah, that that could work. Okay, okay. Other two guys you got. George Hill and Trevor Ariza are waiting to go play basketball for a team that wants to contend. That is true. It's that simple. Hill makes nine and a half mil this year. He's got a $10 million team option next year. He'll go anywhere. He'll shoot over 40% from three, be a secondary ball handler and help you out. Trevor Ariza, three and D wing. He doesn't want anything to do with OKC. He hasn't stepped foot in that city since being traded. Yeah. It's those guys are going to be what on about the this? move. What about this? OKC says, hey, we'll give you all three of these guys, Horford included. Horford, Hill, and Ariza. They use the trade exception. You can't they throw us a couple of the young guys. With the trade exception. Well, then so we make two separate trades. <laughs> we do we do one trade, Horford trade exceptions used. We do another trade where we send them George Hill and Trevor Ariza. We get back maybe like Rob Williams or Grant Williams, and I don't then good on Grant Williams. I would take Langford. I, I would honestly take a flyer on Langford. Let I him would. play with our young guys. Maybe put him in the D League, G League for a little bit. I, I'm not ready to give up on Langford, especially with how big of a prospect he was coming out of high school. I know it sounds stupid to say, but when there's that much talent there, I feel like in the right situation, you could still turn him into a solid role player. I watched his commitment video. And he's good in his gym in high school. Everyone was going <laughs> to lose their minds if he didn't go to Indiana. He's still got a chance. Yeah. We'll see. We got the inside scoop on him back in Nashville when we were talking to Garland's brother. Yeah. Remember, he was telling us that he thought he was going to leave Indiana. But random side note there. OK, enough on the Spurs and Celtics, because I don't think either of them are too exciting with what they could potentially do. One team that is exciting that might make some moves, might be a buyer, the Charlotte Hornets. We Mm. mentioned them. You touched on bringing in Hayward, and I think they're a little bit better than they anticipated being. And maybe they trade Terry Rozier for someone because their core guys, the timeline's a little bit different than Rozier. Rozier's late 20s, P.J. Washington, LaMelo Ball, Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, both the Martins, they're all earlier 20s. So maybe you get rid of Rozier, you try and bring in a solid younger player that can help you win now, but also kind of get your team more intact on the timeline. I hear that, and I hope you have something in mind because... There's just not much. That's the problem. Gordon Hayward, you can make the exact same argument. Yeah, but I think Gordon Hayward moves the needle a little bit more for me. I'm totally fine with having a young core. Rozier's been really Rozier good. Rozier has been really good, and I would just sell high on him. Because the thing with Hayward, it's not like they've got four other wings that are just killing it. Miles Bridges has been good, but we look at their guards, and man, they've got a few guys who could fill into Rozier's minutes, and I don't think it would be that much of a difference. You know, when Devontae comes back, he could slide right into Rozier's role, and I'm not sure they're very much worse. I don't know. He's he's put up 20 a game Plus, this year. Plus, you get more he's touches to awesome. LaMelo. I think that's the biggest key in it. 
That's an interesting idea. I I'm so excited about the future of this team. So if they could get a promising young guy for Rosier, another contract that they might sure. be able to use as kind of a trade chip. It's not an asset, but Cody Zeller's expiring. 15 million a year. Maybe mm-hmm. you can use him throwing a young guy and some picks to bring someone back. I don't know. Let's let's take a look. Rozier to the Sixers. Not sure. You get you get my guy Paul Reed and maybe Danny Green. Mike Scott. Uh, I don't know about that for Charlotte. Uh, the Knicks, the Knicks for Rozier would make sense. You could take back Knox and some other young guys and just kind of hope that the assets you get back are worth getting on the timeline. And maybe you just see how far LaMelo can take you. If you miss the playoffs and you stay in the lottery, cool. I think that's honestly best case scenario for them. I know Jordan and their fan base is probably hungry to at least get in that play in spot and maybe make some noise, but we all know whoever gets in these playing spots is just going to get bounced in the first round. So it's not like you're really doing much other than saying we almost made the playoffs or we did technically make the playoffs and got our ass kicked first round. Yeah. How about the Clippers? They've been a team who's been mentioned quite a bit. They just don't have any assets really. And I think Luke Kennard would be a trade chip they use. They gave him that big deal, but he's still on the last year of his rookie deal, so he's only getting $5 million. So you'd have to package well, like... Terrence Mann. Yeah, Terrence Mann's okay, but the salary is only like $2 million, so it's just hard to get to a number where yeah. you can actually bring someone back and be providing that team value. I think like Patrick Beverly, Terrence Mann, and Luke Kennard would be a package that they could try and use. But I think that's about as good as it's going to get as to what they can offer. Unless they want to offer Morris, but... I don't even really know who wants to take him for that many years with the money he's getting and with how much of a headache he can be. I can't think of any other rosier ideas. It's tough. Like I've really, I've played with the trade machine a lot. I've done a lot of looking and thinking on it and there's just not a ton of what seem like obvious potential trades out there. Like most years now, maybe it's just, the calm before the storm and things are about to get freaking crazy and teams figure some stuff out and we get wild three teamers going on. But right now it's starting to feel like it might be kind of a quiet deadline. Hopefully not. I don't feel like it's ever quiet in the NBA. That's why we're doing this right now, but it's just weird. It's kind of a murky picture where it's hard to get the, the super juicy, this guy to that team and moving these pieces around everyone wins type deal. That's why I got so excited with that Brandon Ingram trade. Cause I think that's one of the few ones that I was actually able to come up with where everyone wins. Yeah, that would be huge. I don't think something for Brandon Ingram will happen by the deadline, but it, that's something to keep an eye on for the long run. Um, Two more moves, buyout guys. Blake Griffin obviously signed with the Nets. Yeah. Ersan Ilyasova was a free agent, signed with the Jazz. He's helped Milwaukee a little bit the last couple yeah, of he's years. He's got a super soaker. Can't play any defense, although he can take a charge. <laughs> Tall. Yeah, he, he can take he's, a charge. He yeah, can shoot the three. A little Give bit. you some minutes in there. Uh, let's touch on the Nets really quick because I like the Blake pickup. I know Blake is arguably washed. He hasn't dunked in over a year, but I do think the Nets are going to get 
more out of him than Detroit did, obviously. And I think the Nets are also probably going to get somebody else in the buyout market, and they might even still trade Spencer Dinwiddie and pick someone up because there's been interest for Dinwiddie. Teams have asked about him. Wow, they they could really do something there. Go all in this Why season. Why the hell by not? You're him. already nine tenths of the I way think in. They should. You know, I like Dinwiddie, but let's be honest. As long as you got Kyrie and James Harden, which if you do win a championship, <laughs> you're gonna have them for at least a few years. You don't need Dinwiddie. Like you can't close with him. They should trade him for a good big. They should trade him for anything they can get. Anything they can get. Whatever the best package is, you take it. <laughs> You're probably right there. That would be pretty cool. Um, they're probably going to sign someone to a 10-day pretty soon here, whether that's Roberson or Tyler Cook, a G League guy. Yeah. Quinn Cook got um, snagged by got, Cavs. Yeah, they, they have two roster spots. Um, but the Blake Griffin deal was actually really good for Detroit. They got $13 million in relief from letting him go. They weren't going to be able to trade him. No, they're going to be stuck with him for years. That's pretty damn good. They they were going to be in a Nick Batum situation. Right, and if they trade DeLon Wright, someone who a lot of people think they're going to move, and wave Rodney Magruder, he's got $5 non-guaranteed. They're going to have $20 in cap Wave Rodney Magruder, don't do that. Clay Thompson Thompson called it out of the league. (laughs) They got $20 in cap space next summer, so some cap maneuvering right there from Detroit yeah. something else to keep an that's eye on that's probably the smart move uh, one random note here on the Clippers I just gotta say this if they want to win anything stop freaking playing Reggie Jackson and Nick Batum a combined 50 plus minutes a night alright they're both washed they're garbage they are empty placeholders taking minutes from guys who are better I, I hope someone's hearing this that's a Clippers fan or watches them a lot and they're just like thank you I agree with you because I have watched the Clippers enough and seen the clutch time struggles enough to just freaking be completely perplexed as to why Batum and Reggie Jackson are getting meaningful minutes and closing games like that's gotta change do you have anything else on the trade deadline, March 25th? Yeah, I got one question for you. Between the Nuggets, Mavericks, and the Heat, I feel like they're all in a similar situation, playoff threats that teams would be scared of who have underachieved so far. Who do you think is the most likely to make a decent to big size trade and go try and get somebody else to help them win and propel them forward as they make a second half push? Most likely to make a big trade or most likely to have a shot. Most year. likely to make a trade. I'm thinking at the deadline, the Nuggets, Mavs, or Heat, which ones are most likely to pick up a player or two to help them win? I will say the Heat. I don't think the Mavs historically have been yeah. big. They're a stay the course team and swingers. They don't have a ton yeah, of assets that's not the either. right word, swingers. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Porzingis could be a trade chip. Yes, I don't think they'll make a move. They're not going to sell low on him. You'd be getting 30 cents in the dollar. Nuggets. Jamal Murray's been playing much better after I called him out. <laughs> Michael Porter, you know, you you give him a full season and we'll see where he's, he's at. So He's had some moments. He's looked a little bit better last 10, 15 games. I'm not ready for them to press the panic button, but Miami, we saw how close they were last year. And they do have quite a mix of old and young. 
I think they could be a team. Maybe you move Kendrick Nunn and a, a pick. I think Nunn go... would be the chip that is, yeah, he'd be the chip that's pushed to the middle of the table and exchanged. Right. I, I think they're a team that maybe should look at moving all their chips in. Kyle Lowry there would be sick. It would. I don't think that's going to happen now, but Lowry would have been awesome. Uh, I think Hero, his role could get bigger. I think he's been good enough that if you lose none, it's not a big deal. Just put some more touches on Hero's plate and he'll be fine. So I they like that. They should have traded him for Harden. Yeah, they probably should have. <laughs> totally should have. I don't even know if that was going to get it done. Um, one last team that I think has to be doing something. Surely they're sellers. We talked about Harrison Barnes. The Kings, man. A while ago, I went on a rant about how bad they'd been, how they need to trade Fox, get rid of everyone, and rebuild around Halliburton. Well, Fox went on a big tear. I come back and say, ah, oh, kind of back off that. You know, Fox has been really good. Well, since I said that and I rescinded my original take, they've stunk it up again. And I think they've got to do something. They've lost 11 out of 13. Like, Maybe I'm about to reverse jinx them again, and all of a sudden they're going to be like in eight or nine seed range and get hot. But I would even consider moving Fox at this point. I think, no. I, I do. No, I would. I would just get a king's ransom for him and just suck it up and make sure I get good picks for the next three years. Like I, I think by the time they were to be able to put a competent roster around Fox, Fox is going to be past thirty. He's 23 right now. Yeah. Trade They're screwed everything for the next else. five years. They got to get rid of Buddy. I think that's time. They probably... Get rid of Buddy. Get rid of Barnes. Yeah, Barnes Get rid go. of Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. You can, anyone you can valuable. Him, He'd be good for Boston. Get he rid would. of anyone valuable besides Halliburton and Fox. Tear it all the way down and go. It's really that simple. I'll tell you what. If somebody like Oklahoma City wants to offer me four or five first round picks and a young player or two for Fox, I think they'd be stupid not to consider it. Hmm. Give them Al Horford. <laughs> they would need to. Yeah. I mean, you could deal. give them, throw them like Horford, Maladon, and four firsts. Hmm. I like the. Uh... I do too, but hell, I'd like Fox a lot better. Yeah, Fox and Jay be next cool to each other Kentucky would be the, backcourt. They'd there. be the best defensive backcourt in the league by far. Hmm. Just some food for thought, but I, I think Sacramento, they got to do something quick. They got to do it's something time. quick. Yep. Okay. Very last thing I'm going to bother you about here, my Phoenix Suns. I don't think we're going to be buyers. We're obviously not sellers. We're ahead of schedule. I am really starting to think that we could make some noise in the playoffs. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility where we could play really freaking good and somehow get past the Clippers or Lakers. I'm starting to think now, not predicting that, but like it realistically could happen. Okay. I could see Western conference finals. Yeah. I think we could be spicy. So would it be worth making a trade of like Cam Johnson Etwan more and someone else and maybe a first to go add another player that could really help us right now or do you think who we stay is the said player i don't know that's the issue that's the <laughs> oh, issue yeah you gotta give me more i don't know man they they're good with what they have i mean everyone's showing up trade jalen smith too i guess 
Yeah. Oh, definitely get rid of his bum ass. Should be Halliburton. I don't know what Phoenix needs because I think they they're kind of deep and they seem to have guys at every single position that have been. You know playing what they well. need? They need a new center that's not DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> That's what we're missing. I'm serious. A physical big man that chews nails and just stomps on people. That's what we need. We don't need a gentle giant. Aiden has come along. Chris Paul is doing his best to get the most out of him. But I heard a rumor package the other day of Aiden, Jalen Smith, and maybe like a first round pick for Cat. Oh, God. No. I would do it. Yeah, of course you would. But. You're talking about gentle giants. Jimmy Butler forced a trade out of there because Cat was a gentle giant. Cat's tougher than Aiden, and he's a whole lot better, and him and Booker are best friends. Just, it could work. It could work. I don't know if I want best friends being business partners here, man. If they're going to get the most out of each other, and they're going to be locked in the gym trying to freaking do everything they can to get a ring, I would take it. I would take it. That would be an insane team. Yeah, it would be fun. Okay, that is enough trade deadline drama. I'm sure we're going to have some more rumors, some more headlines that are made over the next week or two as we approach the deadline. So let's touch on some other stuff around the league. I know you said you had a couple things you wanted to hit me with, so let's hear them. Yeah, they weren't exactly NBA-related completely. Oh, okay. I was Um, thinking they were. No. I do want to talk about Jalen Suggs' performance last night. Man. And the, the tourney ball heating up right here. Suggs goes for 20 points. I didn't even see the assists and rebounds numbers. It didn't matter. I watched his yeah. impact on the game. Full court passes, flying out of nowhere to block shots. The guy does it all. He's intense as hell. He's a pest on the defensive end, man. He is constantly getting in passing lanes up in people's grills, picking them up outside the three-point line. Just nasty. I love it. I was on Tankathon. You can simulate the lottery order on that website. Okay. I just kept clicking it last night. And I was... I The first one I did... Until I can get him to OKC? The first click gave OKC their own pick at three and the Houston pick at five. And I was like, this is literally a dream scenario. And I started thinking, what would they do if they had three? Would they take a guard or would they get Mobley or Kaminga? And so uh, I want to ask you now, you're assuming Cade's gone at one. Uh, I think that's a safe assumption based on all the information gone. we have right now. Yeah. So I want to ask you, I know you're not high on Mobley, but a lot of other people are. What would you do? Would you take guard or would you take Kaminga or Mobley? If you I'll tell you the, what, if I have a if shot have at Suggs, I'm taking him. If Suggs is there, I am taking him. I'm pairing him with Shea, and that is the backcourt. Over that any be, of the other... Over anyone but Cade. Anyone but Cade, I take Suggs. Okay. And then with the fifth pick, I go Kaminga. I am not sold on Mobley, man. I've watched USC play four or five times, and there will be whole halves that go by where you don't even know he's on the floor. He does not impact the game like these other top four guys. He won freshman of the year and Pac-12 player of the year. That's awesome. He's putting up 11 points over his last six games. <laughs> yeah. He's part of me wonders... bigs that people want to convince themselves are the next big thing. I mean, 
Yeah. Tell me one I did of these it with Mo, I did it with Mo Bamba. Me too. I did it with Mo Bamba. I did it with Bagley, and I'm damn sure not going to do it again. Mobley has not impressed me any more than Mo Bamba or Bagley. I don't care that he's seven foot and can shoot at 33% from three. I am not sold on him. I don't love his motor either. I would just much rather take Suggs, who I know is a freaking baller, and he's a dog. I'm with you 100%. Right, We've seen go. teams pass up the the ball handler. Take the, the sure thing. Did it. Take the, the sure thing. The Magic did it. Yeah, I'm with you. Take the guard, Jalen Green. And Luca slipped by them. Yeah, Phoenix, exactly. That was the other one. Aiden was Take the only Green big that I did want, and that's the one that Phoenix takes. Yeah. And I, I brought this up because I'm also, I've seen more of Green. He's been, he killed to the G League. Yeah. He averaged 19 a game. A yeah. He dropped 35 and seven in their playoff game. And I might think I take, I think I might take him over Kaminga at this point, just because of what I said. A guy who can handle the ball. His athleticism is unbelievable. He could be a 25 point per game or more scorer for 10 years. Yeah, as long as he can knock down the three ball, I'd be okay with that. Which his three point percentage has been better. His stroke looks good. Um, I'm, I'm, he's growing on me. He's, he's climbed up my rankings a little bit from like six or seven range. He's at the three or four spot right now. So he's still behind okay. Caden Suggs, but he's moving up. My last bit here. What do you think about what's going on at KU? Les Miles gone. Jeff Long, the AD gone today. I'm not surprised Les Miles is gone. The dude's... I a- know. So whenever whenever the report came out, you go, not surprised on Twitter. And I'm yeah. like, you're not surprised that he said this about girls and invited no. them to his condo? Or what? Like, what are you not surprised about? I'm not surprised that Les Miles doesn't have the utmost character and isn't an outstanding citizen. I mean, people didn't <laughs> love him here at OSU. People called him Lester the Molester for a reason. Really? Yeah, that is what when? I knew him as growing up as an OSU fan. Maybe it was just really. Like, how yeah, did that, how did that come about? I don't know. Maybe they just thought he was a slime ball and they called him that. Like I'm not like was, was on like the Paul record. Saying I'm, I'm not, that or something. Yeah, all his friends they'd all call him Old Lester the Molester, and like I'm not saying is he's that because it rhymed or because it was funny. I don't know, but the guy has just always kind of been a jackass. He's eating grass on the sidelines during games like did you really think this guy had the most sound mind and was just an awesome dude you watch his pressers listen to him talk that no. guy's out there yes you're right but no i would never just look at him and be like oh yeah he probably d- does inappropriate things yeah, to okay young that's, girls that's not what i thought but i mean if you had to tell me of all the college coaches like if you were to give me 50 big name college football coaches to pick from that might have done that les miles is gonna be one of the first ones i pick <laughs> i would say tom herman herman would right, be up there probably as well. not a good game to play so on pc we probably should not leave this in here i might though <laughs> I, i'm gonna have to listen back and see I was uh, not going to name any more names. No, um, but I, I'm not. I'm not shocked. I mean, it's it's shitty. Like, it's really messed up that he did that. And I'm glad he got fired. He deserved to. But I, I never thought of Les Miles as just an awesome guy. Well, Jeff Long, the AD, got let go today. Um, Sam Mellinger, or Mellinger, I'm not sure if I'm getting that right. He writes for the Kansas City Star and in the okay. press conference yesterday, he kind of called 
Jeff Long out for his football coaching hires. Um, Jeff Long hired Bobby Petrino at Arkansas. We know how that went down. Yeah. Um, and so I'm now wondering, all right, what is KU going to do moving forward? Uh, Danny Manning's long, name got thrown out there. there as your AD? Just a few years. Okay. He got hired to bring, bring in less miles. Yeah, bring football I back. Would say. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, you got both self as an you AD. Don't, you don't yeah. have to really worry about the AD program or the right, basketball program. program. Yeah. Yeah. And until y'all the get hit that are the... being handed out. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> about to say. Oh man. Well, Mike Holder's out. OSU's AD. He's gone too. And I, yeah. I'm kind of a little little excited about that i don't want to dump on the guy too much because i am glad that we got boyton and a lot of the coaches we have had over the years but he is not known for doing the best job and he's known for being a little bit of a cheapskate and that's why brad underwood walked he didn't want to pay him so Mm -hmm. i'm kind of excited with what we're going to have in the future for oklahoma state athletics maybe things can kind of take a turn in a better direction than being stuck in neutral like we have been for the last two decades but we will see let me um, let me throw a couple names at you though for this football search. Yeah. So first thing, Danny Manning's name got mentioned as a potential AD. I don't know how I feel about that. He's a Kansas legend. Yeah, but he's a basketball guy. I, I just don't think that'd be the right move for your football. Program. For him to hire a football coach, I agree with you there. Yeah. But there's three names: Bruce Feldman reported, Lance Leopold. He's the Buffalo head coach. Okay. Won six D3 titles at Wisconsin Whitewater. You've seen him on ESPN back in the day. All right, we're getting deep. Okay. Two-time MAC Coach of the Year. I'd be down for some action. Okay. On a on a scale of one to ten, how does that get you jazzed? Uh, like a four. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kansas Next one football doesn't really give me jazzed in general. I got two more. Okay. Jay Norvell, Nevada head coach, former OC in Nebraska and OU. Former assistant at How Texas long has he been in Nevada? Iowa State. Um, over the last three years, they've had a twenty-two and thirteen record with him. Man, that didn't get me very excited. It's a winning program <laughs> that gets me excited. <laughs> last one. <laughs> give me your give me your one to ten scale on this last one. Jeff Monken, the Army coach, bring the triple option to the Big Twelve. Forty-three. Todd Monken. I don't know. 43 and 21 in his last five seasons. Took Michigan and OU to OT. And that's that's the last best couple option. years. Give me him. Hell, he's the only triple one that option? you want to fall asleep. Yeah, give me the triple option in Kansas. That's that's your best bet, I think. At least y'all would be entertaining. All right. Okay. All right. That's all I got. One question I had for you, and we can leave on this. We'll maybe mention a little bit of Top Shot next week at the end because we're running out of time here. But watching the All-Star game, I'm sitting there watching Steph and Dame go back and forth and I can't stop myself but help thinking what if the roles were reversed what if Dame was in Golden State this entire time and what if Steph was in Portland now roles were reversed Dame's in Golden State he's there the exact same time Curry is how many titles do you think they win any more any less about the same hmm this is just a mean question. Well, and I then think flip it'd be because I, think I, it'd I be kind of close. I think it would be as well. And I started thinking about, you know, how good would Portland 2016? I'm not sure that time. 
Okay, I think Golden State would have won with KD. Like if if you flop Steph and Dame, they're gonna win. Twenty sixteen, I'm taking Steph. Okay, so you think Steph maybe gets them one more ring, marginally, maybe one. Yeah. Okay, now if you put Steph in Portland, compare it to the success the Trailblazers have have since Dame have had since Dame arrived. Do you think they're any better, any worse? Because watching this Golden State team this year reminds me a lot of what Portland typically looks like, where Dame has to just be freaking Superman to get them into the six, seven, or eight seed. And it started, it kind of got me thinking, like, especially with that all-star game, them going back and forth, like, are these guys about the same caliber and Steph's just benefited from situation way more than Dame? Oh God, dude! <laughs> I know that's tough, and naturally, you think oh, I Steph's think I'd, a better I'd player. I still take but... Steph. I'm, I gotta take Steph. Okay, I, I think to. so too. But I was way more unsure of that than I ever had been watching them play. Like I really started to almost talk myself into like, could Dame even be better than Steph? And he's just stuck in Portland where it's unwinnable. No matter who was there, they could. I think that's. I think that's definitely possible. I love Dame as much as as the much next as he guy. pisses me off with everyone loves under. him. Yeah, every oh, every hoop fan loves Dame, but I'm a Thunder fan and I love Dame. Well, you're not all Thunder fans. Yeah, I know. Especially after he dropped the shoe, I, there was a lot of that was stupid. Yeah, I I agree. And he unveiled it against a yes, yeah, so that was stupid. <sighs> I don't know. That's a great question. Right now, I think it's really as close as it's ever been their numbers are practically identical so i don't know let's see how the rest of their careers play out dame's got a few years on him i'm interested to see how the rest of the season plays out because i think their rosters are pretty even right now especially with the injuries portland's dealt with it's made them a little bit thinner kind of more comparable to golden state so i don't know i'll leave y'all with that leave the listeners with that I think that's a good thing to consider and kind of get your basketball mind racing. of like, holy shit, is Dame maybe better than Steph? Let me leave everyone with a trivia question. Oh, yeah. Okay, trivia, even better. Let's do it. Can you you cut the answer and put it at the very end of the outro? Yeah, I can do that. All right. So they can have like 25 seconds to think about it? Yeah. All right. Shout out to my guy, Austin Henning. He, He gave this to me Monday night. Oh, you hit me with this. I did. Can you name the four players that won both the Big 12 Player of the Year and Big 12 Freshman of the Year in the same season? I'll repeat it. Four players won Big 12 Player of the Year and Big 12 Freshman of the Year in the same season. All of them happened from 2005 and up. All right. And we will leave y'all with that. You got 15, 20 seconds to get your answer thought of. We're going to be back next week. A whole lot of March Madness coming. I'm excited. We'll see you then. Peace. answer is Kevin Durant, Michael Beasley, 
Marcus Smart and Cade Cunningham.